Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Amen. And it's so good. So we're now the third week in to the new year. Is that right? I'm not very good at numbers, but I think we are. And um, what does God want you to do in this new year that we're in? And this morning, my message is called crazy. Say the word crazy. And you're probably thinking, yeah, Lois, you are crazy. But so are you. Okay, so we've all got a bit of craziness in us, yes? Yeah. I'm amazed at, at things that some people do that are totally not spiritual at all, just very natural things like go jump upside down, you know, one of those budgie jumping. That's crazy. Yeah? That's really crazy. Who would do that here? A, a couple, one, two, maybe, yes. Yeah, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. So... I've come across a few characters on um, my journeys lately. This guy I've never met, but I've heard about him for a long, long time. And for those that have never heard of him, his name is Arthur Blessed. And we can put him up there. This guy here, anybody heard of Arthur Blessed? Right. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so Arthur Blessed there is a young man and he got saved and he basically... Um, had church on Sunset Boulevard. And it was during the hippie movement. And during that time, people were coming to Christ, hippies were coming to Christ, drug addicts were coming to Christ, and they would come to his church. And, and people were getting saved all over the place. And he was the pastor of Sunset Boulevard. Not that that was the name of the church, but he was known for the pastor. If you want, if you want help, that's who you go and see. You go see this guy. And he was so radically saved. And that cross he went to put up in his church one day. And he realized he needed some help. So he went outside and he found a guy who's a hell's angel and said, because they'd come around, and can you help me put up my cross in the church? And, and the guy went in and when he realized it was the cross, he couldn't put it up. He just couldn't bring himself to get this lock and lock it in a place. He, he was big and strong and able to do it, but he just couldn't do it. And he went out the church and the next day this guy comes back and he said, he comes back in and he actually stands underneath the cross and he said, I realize that I need Christ and I'm no longer a hell's angel. And God really started to use Arthur Blessed in a powerful way. And God spoke to him and said to him, I want you to take the cross. I want you to start walking it down the street or Sunset Boulevard. And I want you to start to walk across the nation with the cross. Within about a week or so, he landed himself in hospital with an um, aneurysm, two aneurysms. And they said to him, well, you're not going to make it, basically. So he, he lay there and he said to himself, but God spoke to me and he's told me what to do. I can either lie here and wait to die or I can get up. Because God spoke to me. I've got a word. 
You know, and if we have a word, we need to go with that word. His circumstance was telling him to stay put. He was telling him to stay in bed and don't get out. So he got up and he took up the cross and he started to walk with that cross. He says, well, if I'm going to die with aneurysm, I might as well walk forward and die. So he started to walk across the nation. And today he's now walked into January 2020 and he has carried the most largest cross around the globe, around the world. He shared the gospel with millions of people, led people to Christ. He's now at the age of 79. Can you go to the next slide? He's now 79 years of age and he's in his 33rd year of carrying that cross. It is amazing. It is crazy. He's going to 324 countries, island groups and territories. And he's had, if you've got one of those Fitbits, you're supposed to do at least 10,000 steps a day, right? Okay. Well, this guy, he has done 86 million steps. Get your head around that. And he's walked 69,726 kilometres and still walking. That's crazy. But you know what? We don't have to be an Arthur Blessed. We don't have to be this guy. But we certainly can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can certainly go with a word that God gives us. You know, sometimes Arthur Blessed would go in places and he wasn't welcomed. Sometimes he would ask, could I leave my cross in the church overnight and I'll pick it up in the morning? And the answer was no. But if he went to a pub and club and asked them, could he leave the cross overnight? Not a problem. Interesting. Very interesting. Some people have asked him to come and preach and leave your cross outside. We need the cross, yeah? It doesn't make sense. None of it does. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness. It is crazy. It doesn't make sense to those who are perishing, those that are without God. But to us being saved, it is the power of God. We can't have God unless we acknowledge the cross unless we acknowledge that Christ died for our sin, that he died in our place, we cannot have Christ. You can't call him saviour and you can't call him Lord unless you acknowledge him. We were once, as many years ago, we would take our band into a park area. This is asked by the ministers fraternal. Could we go into the park and could we do the songs on behalf of the ministers returnal for the whole area. We said, yes, of course we will. And they said, oh, by the way, your song list, make it light and breezy. Don't sing about the cross and certainly don't sing about the blood. It's an offence. Let me tell you this, Jesus Christ is an offence anyway. Get used to it. Because if you're waiting for things to change, it's not. This is how it is. So we say, don't say that because people will be offended. Jesus already was an offense. You can't offend people any more than that. 
That's who he is. See, the cross might sound foolishness to people, but for us, it is the power of God living in our lives. You see, we can be the same year after year. We started a new year, yeah? We can be the same year after year and we can do the same things without affecting anyone around us because we don't want to offend if we mention Jesus, they might, want, might not want to know us anymore. But the Bible says unless there's a preacher, how will they hear? How will they know if we walk around all being silent and just hope that they might know that we love them, that Jesus loves them without saying a word? This year, last year, or this year, last year, I was in England and we went to Buckingham Palace and I'm not sure if Clinton's here this morning or not. See, can't see him. He's tall. Oh, he's there. Okay. So we went to. Uh, God, it took a while. <laughs> we went to Buckingham Palace, as you do, to see the Queen and have morning tea with her and stuff. She welcomes the gates. Come on in. Sit down. Make yourself. We're just calling Charles over. None of that happened. Okay. The gates were locked. And everybody's there taking photos, right? And there's the English policemen dress a little bit different than the policemen here. And over in England, they're called bobbies. They're called a bobby. And they have this big black hat that sticks up. And tourists were flocking towards him and wanted a photo with him. Oh, he's a Okay. So they're having photos with this bobby. I'm thinking, it's just a policeman. Anyway... But my attention was drawn, can you put that next one up, to this guy. And I'm like, oh, he's my guy. So, <laughs> so I walked over to him. I said, can I have a photo? <laughs> Nobody was lining up, as you can see. They're all looking towards the palace. You know, and this guy, he's, this old fella, he's just stood there with his sign. Now, it seems crazy, right? Even Clinton said, I won't tell him what you said. I'm like, no, <laughs> rebuke. <laughs> but you know, some people would say he's crazy. Some people would say he's a nutcase. And I said to him, why do you do this? What are you, what are you doing? And he says, well, the reason I do this, he said, my dad, he said when he was a young man, he, he knew Christ and he used to go to church and, you know, he used to follow God, but he lost his way in life. And he stopped going. Stopped going to church and he started to live life for himself and he was totally lost. He says, and then one day, my dad saw a man standing with a sign in the street. And there was a scripture wrote on the sign. He says, and when my dad saw that sign, that word just spoke to him. And he had to come back to Christ. And he says, and this is why I stand here, because people need to know that God loves them. He says, so they come and talk to me. I get to talk to them. And I thought, you know what? That guy's taking time to cut that, paint it, do all that sort of stuff. But you know what? People might go, he's a nutcase. I'm sure people have said all sorts of things about him while he stood there. But to me, he inspired me. Totally inspired me. 
And um, I admire, when I think of Buckingham Palace, I think of this fella, you know. And my dad, when he was a young fella, same thing. He got wonderfully saved when he was 20. He was, he was a heavy drinker and used to smoke. And when I say smoke, I'm talking about heavy, heavy smoking. And, um, but one night he too came to Christ and he got so radically saved that I've got a photo at home and I was trying to find it. I can't find it. It's in there somewhere. And he's wearing this sign on him. And he's in the, in the city of Manchester with a sign that said, Jesus saves. Now, back in the day, a lot of people did that. And my dad used to preach in the open airs, publicly preach. And the church used to come and people would come. And you weren't labelled a nutcase, but today you'd be labelled a nutcase. You know, some people might have said he's, he was stupid and he's crazy and foolish. But I know that my dad's answer would be this. I would rather be a fool for Christ than anybody else's fool. That would be his answer. He could not have cared less what you thought. Could give a rip. Wasn't interested. Because I know over the years how many people have told me when I went back when I was 18 and I've been back a couple of times, people still talk about my dad. And, and the people that have come to Christ. So you don't know whose life you can affect by doing something that's a little bit crazy. You don't need to wear a sign. You don't need to go stand out down Nelson Bay or anything like that. My next little person I'm going to talk about, if you'd like to put her up. This is Annie from Norway. Annie from Norway used to be in our church as an exchange student in Raymond Terrace. Came all the way from Norway. She's Norwegian, so she looks a little bit different. And she's skiing up there. She puts stuff up on the Instagram all the time. And she put this Instagram up the other day. As you can read it, my New Year goal for 2020 is to raise at least one person from the dead. I'm like, what? I'm thinking, crazy faith. Like, I just know she's not the sort of girl that just does that sort of stuff because nearly every Instagram she puts up is always about talking about the goodness of God, the creation of God, the beauty of God, how great God is. And she's about 27 years of age now. And I know she's not crazy. She's very, very sane. She's a smart girl, university degree, Bible college, all of it, really, really smart. But she's got this amazing passion for God. Amazing zeal. If God says it, he can do it. That's her thought. If God says it, why not? That's her thought. You know, that's where her faith level is at. Maybe that's not where your faith level is at. Mine's not at that either. But that's okay. But sometimes we've got to move our faith level a little bit more. We need to allow it to grow a little bit more because if we don't, we stay exactly where we are for the whole year and nothing changes. And if I hope one thing today, that you go away today going, I'm going to be a little bit crazy this year. I'm going to do something. You know, we've been fasting. In the middle of fasting, why don't you ask God, what is it? 
What is that little thing that I can do that can get me to the next level to see something change in my life? Well, I can grow too. And I don't know what it looks like for you, but you certainly do. God is God for you and God is God for me. You know, I've mentioned John the Baptist before, and it would also seem that John the Baptist was a little bit crazy, yeah? He's the guy that liked to go shopping at the camel shop to buy the nice coats and the shirts and the latest jeans coming in and would always find the restaurant that served locusts because that was his favourite food. But he was handpicked by God. Totally God's man for the moment. This guy was hand-picked from heaven. This guy had a voice. And it says this about John the Baptist. It says, when I find it, it's in here somewhere. It says in Luke chapter 3 that he came preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. But it also says this of him. That he was like the voice of one, just, just one, just one person, the voice of one. There was, wasn't another guy out there with him, just him, crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his path straight, that every valley shall be filled and every mountain and every hill will be brought low and all crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough ways may smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This guy just used to prophesy. Imagine people going, what's he doing? What's he doing out there? But he was handpicked by God. Handpicked. You know, John was the sort of guy you didn't mess with him. Because if you went down to see John, he'd go, what are you doing here, you brood of vipers? What have you come out to see? What are you looking at? You know, he had a message. And his message is the same today as what it was 2,000 years ago. The message has never, ever changed. His message was this, repent, 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 repent. It's never changed. There's no other way. Not all roads lead to God. All religions don't lead to God. There's only one God, one Lord, one Saviour. And I would go as far as this. If you've got a Buddha in your garden, kick him out. It doesn't belong there. I don't care if that offends you. He's just a little fat man. Get rid of him. He's a nobody. He's a nobody. He's a no one. Totally no one. All gods are nothing but dust and rubble and concrete. They're just nothing. But our God is great. Only one God. And John came. He stood out in the midst and he preached the gospel. He wasn't popular with everybody. As we know, eventually he lost his head. But you know, he was also the guy We know that John baptised Jesus. We know that. Yeah, he baptised. But what an awesome privilege to be that one that baptised Jesus. John handpicked to baptise the Son of God 
And even John's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. John was God's man for the day. He was unusual and deemed a little crazy. Elisha, he's another guy. He was an unusual character. He was a prophet in the Old Testament and the prophets are known as a little bit quirky. A little bit, sometimes a lot. And Elisha one day was in his house and this high-ranking officer rolls up at his front door because he's covered in leprosy from his head to his toes. And Elisha knows that this guy is out there. He knows that this high-ranking general of the army is out there with leprosy. But he doesn't get off the couch. He doesn't move. He stays on the lounge because he's just made his coffee. He isn't going to make sure because he didn't have a microwave. He didn't want it to get cold. He's not moving. He sends his servant out there. And his servant says to him, uh, Elisha just said, you have to go down to the River Jordan and you need to bathe yourself seven times and you'll be well. That's not what he wanted to hear. He's thinking, this is crazy. I've come all this way. He can't be bothered to come out the house. And, and now he's telling me to go down to the river and dip myself in the River Jordan seven times. What, what a waste of time. What am I here for? And it says he got really mad, really angry, as mad as a hornet. So angry. But the servant girl said to him, why don't you listen to what the man of God has said? Why do you always need to be a hero? If he asks you to go and do something brave and outrageous, you go do it. But all he's asked you to do is go down to the River Jordan and immerse yourself in the water seven times. That's all you've got to do. I thought of this girl and thought, she's a servant talking to a general in that manner. She had no place. She had no right. And sometimes we need to be a little bit like that servant girl and step up and say things that need to be said. Do something that needs to be done. Instead of going, no one will listen to me. Well, how do you know that until you step out on the realm of faith and try it? Be a little bit crazy. Take some risks. Do something. And that's exactly what she did. Because for her, it could have been instant dismissal. For her, it could have been instant death. She was a no one. But not only that, he had his soldiers to contend with that are there. If they're going to watch me do this. No, why can't he just come out and wave his hand over me and speak to his God and, and, and then I'll be healed? Elisha had asked him to go and do something practical instead of spiritual. He wanted something spiritual. And sometimes what we need to do is something really practical to make the change in the spirit. He couldn't have that healing unless he acted in the natural to receive it. And he was fighting that thing that he could have. It took a servant girl to push him. 
And God looks for us to step up and be like that servant girl and speak up. And because eventually he did and went, yeah, you're right, you're right, he agreed with her. And he took it on no matter what the soldiers might have thought. They go, look at him. And it's easy to laugh at other people when you don't have the faith for it. It's easy to talk people out of faith when you're not in faith. When we need to be talking each other into a realm of faith, to go a higher level, instead of settling for less, we need to go for more. More of what God can do in our lives. And she kicked and pushed him all that way to that level so he could live. Because when we step out, we get to live. And if you're feeling dead and dried up like an old prune inside, God wants to revive your spirit. He wants to pour in some fresh living water and get us back into a realm of faith. Not looking at what happened last year, but what can happen now. Because we all need more now. I need more now. We should be asking God, what is it of me that you want me to do? Not like, what is Pastor Greg going to do for me? What's Robin got planned for me? What's Chris got planned for the youth? I hope it's going to be good this year. hope it's going to be exciting. hope we're not going to do the same stuff. You know, if we hold each other up, we can go to another level. If we push and encourage, we can go to another level. But you've got to make that decision in your heart to do it. Don't live in the moment and then drop it like a bag of potatoes. You have to choose to live in the moment. You know what I love about this? He became clean. Clean. And he goes back to Elijah's house. And he's going, "Ah, I now know there's a God. And there's no other God like the God of Israel. We want people to know there's a God. And there's no other God like our God right now. There's none like him. There's nothing like our God right now who heals, saves, and delivers and sets free. That's who he is. That's our God. And we have a message to carry. You don't need to carry a big cross on your back. But if you do, we will wave. But (laughs) it would be very heavy. But God wants us to do something outside of our norm. Outside of our norm. And that servant girl was instrumental in that guy's healing. We can be instrumental in people's lives. Sometimes if we get instrumental in people's lives by the things that we don't say and the things that we do say. There's a time to speak and there's a time to shut up, but there definitely is a time when you just can't keep silent. Because if you stay silent forever, people are going to miss out that we have the greatest news on earth. You know, Noah, he was considered crazy. Crazy Noah. Uh, God says to Noah, it's going to rain. You know what I like about Noah? He didn't say, what's rain look like? What's a boat look like? Do you know how long that's going to take me, God? He didn't complain about anything God asked him to do. 
He just did it. Crazy faith. And God sometimes just wants us to do something. Just step out on a limb and just get it done. He never complained about anything. It says here in Hebrews 11 verse 7, because faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming. Sometimes we just got to open our hearts. Sometimes we just got to open our ears to hear what God is saying. Even things he had never seen before. He'd never seen an ark. He'd never seen a boat. He had never seen rain. He didn't even know what a flood looked like. But it was coming and God's going, get it ready. And he's going, yeah, okay. He never questioned God on anything. He just did it. And sometimes we need to start to say, well, God, are you sure about that? Is God really saying, no, I think he's actually giving me a word to give to someone else? It's called pass it around. Maybe we just need to take the word for ourselves and stay with that word. What does God want you to do this year? It might sound crazy, but if God has put it on your heart, just do it. Just go ahead and just do it. I'm going to go a little bit quicker. But I just want to finish with this this morning. I've mentioned this before when I preach, but I want to mention this today for a different reason to help us move forward. And as we know, Peter was arrested and thrown in prison. He was put in prison and and because he was put in prison and he shackled, the church decided we've got to pray for Peter. And they were really permanent in their prayer for Peter. And as we know, while they're praying, the angel of God goes in and undoes the chains of Peter in the prison and opens the prison doors and Peter walks out of the prison doors all the way to the prayer meeting. He gets to the prayer meeting outside the gates and he's knocking at the gate outside and her name's Rhoda. Rhoda gets up and realizes it's the voice of Peter outside the gates. She runs back in to tell them, Peter's here, he's here, but they don't share the same excitement. They go, you're crazy. He can't be here. You've not had enough sleep. Are you not listening? He's in prison. But she's so determined that it's Peter out there. They go one step further and they tell her, no, it's Peter's angel stood out there. What? Peter's angel? Doesn't make sense. But she's so insistent that he's there. It says here in the message, but they wouldn't believe her. Dismissing her report, You're crazy, they said. But she stuck by her story and she insisted and they wouldn't believe her. And all the time Peter stood out in the rain. Nobody's come in to answer the door. Why was this? Why did they grapple so much with the fact that Peter had to still be in the prison instead of outside the gate? What was going on? It wasn't because they didn't have faith. It had nothing to do with that. They believed God. 
One of the reasons for this is because their faith was at a very low point. And one of the reasons their faith was at a low point at the moment because King Herod had rounded up people and were putting them to death. And he had murdered James, the brother of John. And the Jewish people were loving it. And it was making him really, really popular. And he said, well, now I've killed them, I will kill Peter. And so the disciples were disappointed and let down that, that James had been murdered. So now Peter will be next. That was their thinking. It's happened once, it'll happen again. Don't we talk like that? It happened once, it'll happen again. And so their faith was at a low point because Peter was about to be killed like James. My point is this. We can't allow what happened yesterday or last week or last month or last year or the years before to dictate the outcome of what you're believing for. You have to get some crazy faith happening because if not, you will continually live at that level forever and ever and ever. This year will look like your next year. Because if you only live with the things that didn't go right when you asked God and it didn't come through, and you were hurt by that, hurt by that, you know, God is still God and he's not fallen off his throne. He still gives us victory after victory after victory if we trust him. We've got to link our faith with him. So let's put some faith into what we're asking for. I love that song, God never stops working. He never stops working. Do you believe it? Or is it a song? He never stops working. He never stops working. You've got to allow that to grow in your spirit. When you allow that to grow whole in your spirit, you will start to become bigger in your faith and in your confidence in him. Not confident in yourself as a person, which is that is okay too, but your confidence needs to be in God, that he will come through for you because he's a great God that we serve. So I'm just going to finish with this this morning, Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, living within us, it would be impossible to please God. It's impossible for we come to God in faith, knowing that he's real and he rewards those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. So for this year, I'm just going to say to you, go ahead, be a little crazy, put your faith out there, take a risk, extend your faith and believe for more this, this new year that we're in. Amen? Amen. So good. Yeah. There are people here that are feeling really... Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. 
We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.